Well, this morning, this morning we have um, an official uh, reception of church members, new church members. We have actually 17 new members that are coming into membership here at Victory Church. So we are really excited about that. And I liken that to either, you know, dating the church or being married to the church. Uh, in our culture, uh, people like to date and, and not make the commitment of marriage because that is a commitment. And so it's the same thing in church life. You know, you can just play the field. Hello? You know, go to whatever church is the happening church, go from there to there. Uh, if it meets all your needs, if you like everything it has, you go here, you go there. But membership is, is a commitment, is saying I do. Hello? Is really being committed. I, I like to tell the story, and I have some stories of church membership over the years. Um, I won't tell you about uh, the one person who became a member and um, uh, when we had the membership Sunday, I allowed a couple of people to make a few comments and this one, I won't tell you about it, but this one person, he said to me, uh, he got the mic and he said, uh, Pastor, I want you to get a good look at me uh, and I, you, you know my face uh, and you're going to get sick of seeing me because I'm going to be here all the time. Two weeks later, a few months went by, and I found that story. Um, and I won't tell you the story of one person who was coming to the church, and, um, and they were enjoying the ministry of the church. And uh, then they weren't here for a few weeks, a month or two. My wife ran into them at a, a, a grocery store, and you know the long and short of it was basically my wife said, we haven't seen you. And the person said, well, Pastor Lisa, I had a dream. And in the dream, the Lord said to me, eat the bread and leave. Uh, in relation to the church. Now, I don't make these things up. Uh, <laughs> They said, you know, God said to them, eat the bread and leave, and, and they just left the church. Um, so I, I don't, I don't call, consider that person a member. I don't consider them a contributor. I consider them a consumer. Matter of fact, they could even be borderline thievery when you take something and leave, right? But these are things that happen. But there's been other people over the years that uh, another couple who um, the faithful church members, faithful in their giving, faithful in just coming to church regularly. Uh, and they came to me one time. They set up an appointment. They said, Pastor, you know, we're really discouraged. We're really frustrated. We don't see this particular ministry in the church. And, and they said, Pastor, you know, with your permission, we would like, we would like to start it. Right. And they put their time their, their resources, their prayers, and they made it happen. That's not a consumer, that is a contributor. You know, because starting a ministry takes a lot of hard work, and there's only two or three people that show up, there's only a couple that show up, and you have to keep praying, you have to keep faithful, and sometimes people get excited, and they want to do things in the church, and, oh, pastor, we need to have this, we need to have that. Please, I'm already aware of all of it for the most part. Don't come with me with great ideas. Come to me with a, a passion and a heart to get it done in Jesus' name, to put your heart, your soul, your prayers, your fasting, your money, your time, your effort 
behind it because when you set out to do something for God, there will always be resistance from the enemy of our soul. And you got to get some toughness. You got to get some inner fortitude. You got to get some, some anointing from God to continue to be able to push forward because things will come against you. And so I'm thankful this morning uh, that there are people who don't want to just be a consumer. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm not going to eat the bread and leave. You know, when we talk about biblical principles for membership, and I'm just going to share for a few minutes, biblical principles... As a church, now I want you to understand something. Jesus said, I will build my church. It's his church. He said, I will build it and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church has been around for over 2,000 years. It's been through all kinds of attacks, all kinds of scandals. But the church of Jesus Christ still marches on because Jesus himself gave a promise and said, I will build it. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I want you to understand a church is not a building. It's a misnomer to say, I went to church. Or the church building is at 321 Vesey Street. That's a misnomer. That's incorrect, really, theology. Because you know what? The reality of it is, we are the church. The church is the people. Church, referencing churches in the New Testament was always a group of people. The, 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 the biblical word, the Greek word is ecclesia. Uh, and and, and it's, it meant a called out ones. People that were called out of a world system and called into fellowship and relationship with Jesus Christ. And so the church is not a building. It's not even a denomination. The church is the people of God. True believers are the, are, are the church. But understand something. We welcome everyone to Victory Church. No matter where you're from, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, who you're not, it doesn't matter. Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. So we have an open door policy. Amen? We love all people. And because God loves all people. But he loves people too much to leave them the way they are. But we are called, we're all called to repent of our sins, to turn away from sin, to turn away from what the Bible calls sin, not what culture says. Because how many of you know culture is mixed up, messed up, and the closer we get to the end times, it's going to get crazier. And so when we talk about membership, there are some biblical principles that the pastor, the leadership of the church must maintain. We must hold up a biblical standard of what it means to be a church. I'm telling you, you don't, you don't realize the pull, the gravitational pull of sin, of compromise, of, of culture. It is so powerful that if we're not careful... The church could lose its edge. The church could begin to lower the standards to begin to um, uh, be relevant, to begin to win more people, more members. But it's not my standard, hello? It's God's standard. 
And I want to give you quickly, quickly, four, four principles of, of membership or biblical uh, principles of church membership that, that we have and that we've gone over with, um, with the membership class. And these are some things that, you know, we just want to challenge the new members. Um, we've already gone over it with them. But those of you that are members, those of you that maybe need to become members, because again, you don't want to just be a consumer. Oh, I love Victory Church. I love the preaching. I love the worship. The people are so nice. And what are you doing? Just consuming. Gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. I'll take all you can gimme. Give me more bread so I can eat it and leave. No. No. The Bible knows nothing of that. The Bible knows nothing of, of a solitary Christian who says, well, uh, Christianity, my relationship with God is between me and God, and I can worship God at home, and I can pray at home, and I can read the Bible at home. Amen. That's good theology, but it's not all. You should pray at home. You should read the Bible at home. You should worship God at home. But the Bible calls us into fellowship and one, one anotherness, if I can say it that way. One another, love one another, pray for one another, forgive one another, and comfort one another, encourage one another, support one another. There are dozens of one another's in the New Testament, so you can't do one another all by yourself. Hello? So, so let me give you four, four principles, and just quickly, just quickly, if you say amen, I'll go faster. Amen. Number one, I will protect the unity of my church. I will protect the unity of my, you see, I said my church, not, not, not uh, pastor's church, mine, our Amen. This is us. We're all in this thing together. If we know Jesus, we're committed to Christ, then we're committed to his church and the mission of the church. So I will protect you. We need to protect the unity of our church by acting in love toward other members. I believe Victory does a great job at that. I always hear that over and over again, a loving church. The people are so loving. Visitors come. Friends, family come. They say the church. So that's awesome. Keep doing it. I will protect the unity of, the church, of my church by refusing to gossip. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Turn to the person next to you say, I hope he's not talking about you. The Bible is very clear. If your brother offends him, go to him. Go to the person. The Bible is clear, but when we begin to gossip, we begin to talk to other people. See, let me explain something to you. If Pastor Mike offends me, he's such a good man, he won't do that. <laughs> right? Amen. But if he offends me, right, and I, I get that offense, and I take that offense on, and I go tell 10 people what he did to me, you know that Pastor Mike? Blah, blah, blah. Anybody got an interpretation for that? But I go tell 10 people. Now, in the course, so 10 of my friends that like me, and so they get an, they get an attitude towards Pastor Mike. They take on that offense, and they start telling other people, you know what, Pastor Mike, blah, 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 blah. Now, Pastor Mike and I reconcile we, we talk it out, we communicate, we forgive one, I forgive him. 
We talk it through. We work it through. We pray it through. We go on. We're good. But now all the other people don't know what happened. They don't know we talked it out and talked it through. Oh, come on. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Too much gossip and so much goes on. You know what the problem? Some people, I think they look for people. They, they look for things to talk about. Talk about Jesus. Talk about his word. Some people, you got to just tell, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I love my church. I love my pastor. I love the elders. I love the, I don't want to hear it. Goes, if you've got a problem, just go. God needs to give some of us the gift of goodbye. What is Kirk Franklin? Bye, 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 bye. How's that song go? Come on, somebody lead it out for me. No. I will protect the unity of my church by acting in love toward other members, by refusing to gossip. Do not gossip. Go to the person. Gossip is going to other people who, who don't really have the power or the authority to do anything about it and telling them about it. Go to the person. By refuse and protect the unity of my church by following the leaders. I have all scripture I can give you. The Bible says, you know, do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, Ephesians 4:29, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. I got so many scriptures. Obey the, your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as one who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be no advantage to you. Pastors should be the most joyous people because their people are following, not, not my teachings, but the word of God. As I lead you, we should have joy, but most pa pastors have sorrow and pain and backbiting and, and you know, people stabbing them in the back, and that's not good for the body of Christ. We need to work together, amen? I'm not talking to anybody here. These are people who will be coming to the church. You need to teach them. Number two, I will share the responsibility of my church. By praying for its growth. Come on, the, the ministry is not dependent upon the pastor and the leaders, a few people. It's all of us praying for the growth of the church. Praying for those who came last Sunday, who don't usually come every week, but praying that God touches their heart. God brings them back, and we also reach out to them again and invite them. By warmly welcoming those who visit again, I think we do a great job. Number three. I will serve the ministry of my church. I will serve the ministry of my church. Not just be served. The Bible says not even Jesus came to be served, but he came to serve and give his life a ransom for many. I will serve the ministry of my church by discovering my gifts and talents, by being equipped by my pastors to serve, and by developing a servant's heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, are you a consumer or a contributor? Number four, I will support the testimony of my church. I will support the testimony of my church by attending faithfully. Statistics tell us, back in the day, how many of you went to church 20, 30 years ago? How many of you went to Victory 20, 30 years ago or other churches? We would go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and we would also go to prayer on Saturday night, four times a week. Four times a week. Do you know statistics? Now, I'm not talking about our church, or maybe some of you, but I'm talking about an American church, American Christianity. People consider themselves, now listen to me. People consider themselves faithful. 
faithful to church if they go two or three times a month. A month, not a week, a month. We wonder somehow, some reason, we wonder why the, the church is anemic and, and, and weak and, and, and not impacting the culture. We've allowed the culture to impact us. I want to encourage you, attend faithfully, not just for what you can get out of it, but maybe you can pray for somebody. Maybe you could have a word of encouragement for somebody. Maybe you can be a blessing to somebody. The Bible says, let us not give up meeting together as is the manner of some. But all the more as we see the day approaching. Jesus is coming back. The signs of the times are there. Culture is degenerating. The world is going crazy. We as the people of God need to be faithful in our church attendance. By living a godly life. It's going to get quiet in here. I hope you didn't wear your new white sneakers because they're going to get scuffed up. I'm going to step on them. I hope you, some of you wore steel toes. I hope you got your old sneakers on. The scuffed up ones. The... Skippies. What do we call them when we were younger, the cheap ones? Skippies or Bobos. They, they call Bobos in Maine, not in Rhode Island. I don't know where you got that one from. Bobos, is that what they call Anybody heard of Bobos for the, the cheap sneakers? <laughs> I hope that's what you got because I'm going to step on. No, the word of God is going to step on your toes because I'm just upholding the word of God. By living a godly life, Again, we welcome anyone. My heart is for everyone and anyone that comes to church. But I cannot bend. I can bend as much as I can bend, but I can't break the scriptures. I can't uh, break the word of God. I must uphold as a preacher. I have a zeal for God. Remember, remember Jesus when he went into the temple. The Bible says he took a cord, meek and lowly. Jesus took a cord, turned over tables, drove out the money changers, and he had such a zeal in such a fire he said my father's house shall be a house of prayer but you've turned it into a den, den of iniquity and you know what the disciples remembered later they remembered a prophecy they remembered the scriptures from psalms where the psalmist said zeal for your house has eaten me up meaning that 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 jesus had such a fire in a zeal for the house of God, for the biblical standards, for the truth that he was willing to, to get so fired up and he was willing to, even though he was meek and lowly and humble, he was, he was willing to drive out that which was evil. We have to have the same mentality because the Bible says a little sin, a little leaven, Leaven's the whole lump. What that means is leaven was a type of sin, was symbolic of sin. And if you put a little leaven in dough, it, it leavens the whole batch. Meaning that if we allow sin to go unrepented, come on, we're all sinners, but we're learning how to repent. We're learning how to turn around. Amen. We're learning how to, to repent of our sins. We're learning how to uphold the biblical standard of the word of God. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't try to be sneaky. God will find you out. What a, what a godly standards or a godly lifestyle. We find it out in the word of God. Not culture. Not TV. Not social media. Not what your friends say. Not what, not what political uh, uh, pundits say. Not what your political party says. No, what the word of God says. Oh, my Lord, help us. The standards are being lowered. Right and wrong 
is being so clouded, the Bible says people will call good evil and evil good. It's happening today. It's happening today. And pray for your pastor. Pray for the leaders of the church because the Bible says whoever departs from evil makes himself a prey. Meaning when you decide to depart from evil, when you decide to stand, raise the standard, the devil's going to come after you. But you know what? We have the victory in Jesus. Amen. We're more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. But we have to abide by godly living. And that means in our, in our sexual life. That means in our moral life. That means in our, in our thought life. That means in the words we speak, the places we go, the things we do, the word of God speaks to all of that. The reason why our culture is going crazy is because they're not going by the word of God. And the reason why the church is going crazy is because they're not, they don't have their face in the book. They got their face in Facebook, social media. By getting, I will support the testimony of my church by giving regularly. Pastor Mike did a great job in just leading us scripturally, biblically on honoring God with the tithe. Amen. Amen. So that's my charge to the church, to the new members. I will protect the unity of my church. I will share the responsibility of my church. I will serve the ministry of my church. And I will support the testimony of my church. Why is that critical? Because God has given us a mandate. God has given us a mission, and that mission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel and teach them to observe. I want you to get this. Teach them. The Great Commission is not just preaching. It's teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. What to teach you? This is not my commandment. This is God's commandment. Amen? I'm going to have Pastor Maureen come and, and help me just call up um, our new members or those that are becoming new members. Amen. We are excited to welcome these people into the family of God here as members this morning. And the first one is Marie, Maria Antonisio. And then we have Bill and Renee Fowles. Lloyd and Kelly DeFaria. It's great to see couples coming together, serving the Lord. Amen? I was excited to see so many couples. Ruth Johnson. Yes. Aminata Canoe. Corey and Patient Perkins. TT Roland. Victor and Jesse Rosado. Our usher today, Miguel Tolentino. Carol Vespia, and last but not least, Shirley Woods. Praise God.
Amen. Okay, we have read the membership covenant, and that is something that we went over with the members, and I made them prick their finger, and they had to sign their name in blood. For you are visiting, just that was a joke, amen. But we went over these things, we, we shared them, we explained them, and we had such a good time um, just, just going over this and getting to know one another a little bit. And, and so what, what we do is we just ask for a couple of testimonies, a couple of life stories, real life stories of real people. Again, we're, we're just a church made up of ordinary people who have an extraordinary God. We're just real people with real problems, but we have a real God with real solutions. Amen. Amen. And so I'm going to ask um, Kelly. Kelly, yes. Kelly, come and share with us. Good morning, pastors, brothers, and sisters in Christ. Six years ago, I came to Victory Church and could not have been further from God. I was mourning the death of my mother and an active drug user. I came here because I was angry at him for taking my mom away from me, and I thought church was the only place I could go to talk to him. I was wrong. Slowly, I grew to have a relationship with him, and my anger began to disappear, and I let him start working on my brokenness. First in my heart, I learned the meaning of true selfless love, the love a father has for his daughter. Then came the deliverance of drugs and alcohol. There are no urges or cravings. God is good and all my praise goes to him. As I began to surrender all areas of my life to him, my life began to change and it has changed a lot. I started to read my Bible and as I grew to know him in a personal and intimate way, I realized that the Lord I serve wants to have a personal relationship and the best for me and my family. Isaiah 41.9 says, I took you from the ends of the earth, from the furthest corners. I called you. I have said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected me, have not rejected you. God chose me and he has always chosen me. Even in my flaws and my failures, he chose me. He used my mom's death as the catalyst to bring me home. He chose me to serve him and I will do this with joy because in him I have found freedom which is like the common theme for today. Peace, love, joy, and a father. Once I accepted this, I began to feel hope and joy, especially in serving here at Victory. Matthew 20, 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and gave his life as a ransom for many. This scripture is what leads me to serve with joy and to serve where the need is. Jesus died for me. How can I not serve his church? He gave the ultimate sacrifice for me and you, but he does not ask for much in turn. He asked for a personal relationship and for me to serve others in his name. So I do. If you would have told me six years ago I would be standing here and becoming a member of Jesus' church, I probably would have laughed. But today I know I am exactly where I am supposed to be and want to be. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Renee. Good morning. I just want to share a quick testimony about what God's provisions have done for my family and for myself. Um, a year ago, uh, we started coming here to the church and um, really started making a commitment about serving and, and getting closer to God. 
And I really was praying about what God was going to do in my family, in myself. And so God was laying upon our heart about giving and trusting him while we give. We talk every week about tithing and giving and what it means and what we should be doing. And I really was struggling with our family, but we made a commitment. We stood together, and it was a very hard year. The loss of my father and things were happening and just like bumps. But each time that I stayed committed, my husband and I, God kept blessing us in the small things. It wasn't abundance, but it was a very small smidgen. And each time we would do it, something would be done. God would provide for a bill, something that we need to be paid for. In that year, this year, God's provisions have blessed our family that this year we're able to go on a vacation. And I'm not honoring the vacation, but I'm saying that God honors us and God provides for us when we are faithful. So being faithful and doing the right thing by giving and doing this, even it's the smallest things, and even though you think that it's, it's hard, you just persevere. You keep pushing. You keep doing. You keep praying because God takes care of us. He gives us everything we need. We don't need worldly possessions. God gives us everything we need. And so I just want to encourage each one of you, don't give up. Keep pressing in. Because God will take care of the rest. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Renee. Amen. We had um, three, three months, a uh, little bit more than three months of membership classes. So I got to know. We had a fun time just going over the, the lessons and interacting and sharing stories in our life. And we had a great time. And again, when we first had the membership, we met in my office. And it was just too crowded. We had to move to a bigger room just to accommodate everyone. But one of the things that I, I shared was at the beginning, again, becoming a member is, a, is just that step of, I believe it's part of discipleship because, you know, it's, it's committing you more to um, the principles of God's word of, you know, ministry and togetherness, et cetera, et cetera. But I said, you know, we're not forcing, I didn't twist anybody's arm, right? No. A little bit, No. But, um, you know, I said to them, listen, you're doing this voluntarily, but we do have standards here. And again, they're not my standards. They're not the Assemblies of God's standards, but the Word of God. And, and I believe that the church, the, the body of Christ, should be a people that are striving to become more like Jesus, to live godly, to live holy, right? The Bible says in 1 John that if anybody says they know Jesus and they follow him, they should even walk as he walked. I mean, that's, that's, that's a tall order. We're not, we're not sinless, right? We're all sinners. Only Jesus was sinless. But we should begin to sin less as we're following Jesus. And when we do fail, it doesn't disqualify us. Hello? But we repent. We ask God to forgive us. We're all in the process of becoming more like Jesus. We're all in the process of becoming more holy and godly, and that's what the Bible calls sanctification, where we're set apart from what's wrong to be set apart unto what's right. By his grace, we have people here that have been set free from all kinds of sin, bondages, addictions, 
all kinds of habits and hang-ups and whatever, and, and we're being set free, and it's still an ongoing battle. Amen? None of us have arrived, but we keep pressing on. So when we say standards, we just want to uphold what the Word of God says. And so one of the standards, you know, we talk about in membership right off the, the beginning is, you know, living godly, living holy. First of all, uh, just uh, spoiler alert. I'm going to mention something that I'm not putting anybody's business out there without talking to them and without this being a part of the process. We've, we've talked about this. I would never, you, you that know me as pastor, I would never say or divulge anything publicly without permission, and I won't put people's stuff out there. Turn to the person next to you and say, isn't he a good pastor? So we talked about biblical standards. And one of the things we mentioned, you know, that we believe that um, marriage is a sacred institution of God. It's a sacred covenant and that God expects a man and a woman to be pure and not to be involved sexually before they get married. Isn't that what the Bible says? I know what culture says, and, 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 and believe me, when I deal with couples, I, as a pastor, love them. I will bend over backwards, but I can't break the word of God. I will do whatever I can do to help people. Believe me. Believe me. I believe that's the heart of God, but we cannot lower standards. So one couple that was coming to membership, I shared that, and then I figured they wouldn't come back to membership class, but they came back. The next week, the next week, the next week, the next week. And I'm saying, Lord, what do I do now? I got to have that difficult conversation. So my wife and I sat down with this couple, and I'm going to have them come, come in a second and share with you. And I just told them, we love you, you know, but you come through membership, but we can't allow you to become a member. You're welcome here. You're here. We love you. We see you growing. Keep it up. We're with you. We're behind you. We love you. We're encouraging you. But we can't allow you to become a member right now. And so we had that talk with them. And then just a couple of, a week or so later, my wife sent me a text that when I read it, it literally brought tears to my eyes to hear their story and how they responded. So I'm going to ask Corey and patience to come. Would you give it up for this couple? Amen. Would you share with us about your journey and how God's worked through it all? Yes. Hi, good morning, church. So for the past several months, Corey and I have been attending membership classes. So towards the end of March, we had a sit-down meeting with Pastor Richard and Pastor Lisa, basically stating that we could not become members because we had been living together while not married. They still encouraged us, of course, to continue to come to church, to even continue to attend membership classes, and once we got married, that we could become members. Thank God our Lord does not condemn nor forsake, but he still has standards on how we should live. And how could we become members of God's church and set um, or be an example for others when we're still living wrong? However, after that meeting, Corey and I left discouraged and hurt. See, Corey and I had recently gotten engaged in December and had a wedding date set for the following year in June. We thought, yes, you know, we've been sinning, but we thought we were trying to make it right by faithfully attending church, giving at least 10% with our um, tithes and offering, 
praying, reading our Bible, you know, just trying to walk deeper in our faith and with our walk with God. It was hard to have my sin displayed in my face when I still felt some shame and guilt for it. I had thoughts run through my head, maybe not attending anymore, but that is exactly what the enemy wanted. He wants to separate us from the Lord when we feel at our lowest and our weakest. But that talk really opened our eyes. We left feeling so uncomfortable that staying the same was worse than changing. We continued to faithfully pray and read our Bible, and we believed our Lord spoke to us to get married sooner. So since we are at talk with Pastor, Corey and I decided to abstain from sex until marriage. The Lord had blessed us with our two beautiful children while in sin, but we wanted to go in sin no more. Amen. And by his grace and mercy, we'll be closing on our first home at the end of this month. We didn't want to move into our home, continue to sin, so we had to make our union righteous in the eyes of our Lord and Savior. Last week, we went to City Hall and received our marriage license. And by the grace of God, yesterday, Saturday the 15th. Say that again. They might not have heard you. By the grace of God, yesterday, Saturday the 15th of April, we got married. All glory be to God. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Praise God. Praise God. You know, you know that, that talk for us wasn't easy. It wasn't something we did pleasurably or, you know, you know from a self-righteous or a pharisaical or a judgmental tone. It was because of what the Word says. But what blesses us, my wife and I, and, and the leadership of this church is that it brought conviction. You wrestle with it, you processed it, and you said, you know what, I want, we want to move forward with God. And that's, you're a testimony. You know, I want to pass the Lisa to come and just pray for you, and then we're going to pray over all the members, but, but that God would keep his hand upon you because we need to see more of this type of change, type of repentance, type of real deal stuff, you know, and, and Jesus, he said, you know, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more, and you heard that. And you did that. You obeyed. And we're proud of you, man. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. Amen. This is more than about membership. This is about, about real life. Amen. Would you stand together as Pastor Lisa just prays over this couple? They were, they were married yesterday. So they're <laughs> one day anniversary. Amen. Amen. And I'm just so proud of you guys. And I know God is pleased. Amen. Lord, we just thank you so much for Corey and Patience. We thank you for their commitment to you before anything else or anybody else. It's to you, God. And we thank you that yesterday you were present when they made their vows to each other, God. You created the institution of marriage, and we thank you, Lord, that blessing is going to come upon this family God, we speak it, Lord, in ways they never even would have imagined, God. Bless them. Keep them safe. Keep them healthy. And God, even today as they become members and they take the, the high road of humility to even stand before this congregation and share what you have done in their lives, Father, use it as an example of a young couple that is willing to put aside their own thoughts or their own way of doing things and look into your word and realize, God, that a change needed to be made. So, God, we thank you for them. We lift them up to you. We pray you are going to bless this marriage, God. You're going to bless their lives, God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. You may be seated. We're just going to close in prayer. Please, those of you here, stay here. I uh, just want to say something. I've dealt with uh, dozens of pastors around the world, around this country, and we're finding more and more couples uh, living together and, and, and act sexually active before marriage. That's just the reality of it. Uh, and, and I've talked with pastors. I prayed over this. Listen, just get married. <laughs> Don't wait a year, five years just get married. I'll help you with that. I'm not just saying go do crazy things. I'm just saying let's, let's make it right. Let's make it right. Let's do it before God or abstain and, and wait for the right one. Amen. Okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> that was quite a, quite a lot to process, but we're grateful for every one of you today becoming uh, committed to the cause of ministry and missions here at Victory Church. Pastor Maureen, would you pass out those certificates? And uh, we're going to close in prayer. We welcome each one of you. We welcome you. God bless you. God bless you. Um, we're excited for the work of God. Uh, I don't want to forget what any of you look like. This is not your ticket into heaven. You're not, you didn't just know that you're all good. I told him why I forgot because I never saw him anymore. Yeah, I think I said that. So, amen. Titi, you've been, you, you grew up in this church. What took you so long? Amen. Just messing around, just kidding around. Amen. Let's all stand together this morning. Thank you, thank you for... Being here this morning, thank you for your, your patience and just taking all this time, but I believe it's good. I believe we're dealing with kingdom principles, kingdom business, and we want to just pray. We want to just pray over each one today and just dismiss. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for uh, all the good things you're doing in this church. God, we know that in your word that you want to build, you want to um, edify us, you want to prosper us, you want to bring us further and higher, but God, we also know that we need to lay a good foundation for the superstructure, for those great things you want to do in our life. And I believe we've talked about some foundational issues this morning. I believe we're trying by the grace of God to lay a good foundation, a biblical foundation, because we know that's what will endure the test of time. That's what we'll maintain throughout the craziness of our world. The solid foundation we build upon is Jesus Christ and his word. So, Father, bless each one today that has made this commitment. Lord, we know that obedience is what pleases you, and we know that you bless obedience. So, Father God, thank you for the new members. Thank you for those that are members. May they once again be reminded of the responsibility they have to not just be a consumer, but to be a contributor. And God, may the leadership of this church, may myself, Pastor Leeson, the pastoral staff, and the elders always maintain biblical standards, always love people, always pray for people, always do the business of our Heavenly Father. We pray and we commit in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen and amen. God bless you.